One is never too old to learn, Snips. All right. What's the lesson, Master? Live. Or die. We interrupt this program to bring you... everybody my name is kevin my name is adam and i'm julie and we are the real movie guys and welcome back to another episode of the real review the series where we review and discuss all your favorite movies and tv shows on today's episode we're going to be taking a look at ahsoka episode five shadow warrior ahsoka confronts her past while hera and her allies undertake a rescue mission holy crap holy crap this was the episode for me uh this finally clicked everything into place now whether or not that redeems this show as a whole, I, I I can't say for sure. It really hasn't. If you if you want my honest opinion, I I don't think it has. But holy crap, this is what I wanted. I, we we I got everything I wanted probably out of this show, and I, I really if we got nothing else, I think I'd kind of be okay with it if that makes any sense. Um, the excellent execution by Dave Fioni, which you know people were praising him, kind of jumping back into the director's seat for this episode to kind of you know give his direction. A lot of people don't forget, though, he did direct, like, the first episode, so he, he's kind of been involved in the show. I mean, obviously, he's written it, but he's directed, too, but wow, there's a lot to talk about in this episode, uh, but I have to tell you, this was Star Wars for me. This did everything I needed it to do. Uh, I was a long-term fan of Ahsoka from Clone Wars and Rebels, and, you know, even, honestly, rede redeeming Hayden Christensen's acting, I would think, in some ways, really, this... This show proved that he could have been an even better Anakin Skywalker than I think we got in the prequel series because uh, he was top notch. I think he really gave a great performance and everything just really clicked together, uh, minus some of the um, the Hera stuff, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later on. But overall, wow, guys, visually, um, conceptually, everything I think actually worked in this episode. So, Adam, let me start with you. Talk to me. What'd you think? This is hands down some of the best Star Wars stuff that we've gotten in a long time. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everything. Uh, well, I mean, at least the interactions. Some of the other stuff has kind of felt like filler at that point. But yeah. what we did get with uh, Hayden Christensen, it was like, it was so good. I, I enjoyed it. And seeing uh, Anakin and Ahsoka interact again, it's just so mind boggling to think back when I used to watch the clone wars on cartoon network, right. you know, so long ago, it was like crazy to me, but I loved it. I yeah. had a great time. And you know what? I'll say they pulled the nostalgia strings, but they actually did it correctly. Cause it actually yes. felt like for the first time, Rosario Dawson felt like Ahsoka. She truly did yes. feel like that character. And, uh, you know, Anakin, I'll hating Christensen is Anakin, but he felt even more like Anakin, I think, than he did even yes. in some of the prequels in some ways. Like uh, I always argue that the clone wars version of Anakin, the animated series, Anakin was better than the live action version of Anakin that we got. And I think there are some people that agree with that, especially. With, I totally agree. Especially I with do. the voice acting and the delivery and whatnot with the character. Like he nailed it every single time. And uh, this was Hayden Christensen at his best. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk a lot about this, but again, not just the cameos and there's a lot of cameos and stuff too in this, but the, the story that they're trying to tell here, I'm very intrigued about. So I, I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, Julie, how about you? What'd you think? 
I loved this episode. And because there's no screen, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, that alone. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why did I like this episode so much? Oh, we were missing someone. <laughs> but that being said, like, I maybe have seen like parts of Clone Wars. Like, I definitely didn't watch all of it. So I don't have that background connection of seeing Anakin with Ahsoka. Um, but with that being said, like, even in comparison to the other things I've complained about in this series with not having the context, it didn't matter to me because they did such a masterful job of just throwing you into the setting. Like, I could see the amount of storytelling they were able to do in Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship. I felt like I had been on that ride with them the whole time. Um, and that's what it, this whole series should have been from the gun. Um just amazing Hayden Christensen I like almost was getting like I'm just, like so happy for him because I'm like you are killing it um and Kevin and I were talking about it just goes to show probably like what good direction can do um you know yeah better on, dialogue you know better people, better, better direction dialogue. I mean George Lucas you could say what you want the man is a genius I'll never take that away from him I mean he created the very universe we're admiring right, right here now uh, yeah. But my biggest issue with him, and it's always been, is just his direction. It's just sometimes so basic. Is that what it is? I, I don't know. Like, it's just like, be sad, be angry. And like, there's right. no nuance to anything when he ever tries to tell a story. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be Oscar worthy actors all the time, but uh, mm -hmm. Anakin definitely needed to be at a higher level because he was the main character of the series. Yeah. And we just never really got that. I felt like in the prequels, but it shows Hayden Christensen could have done it, you know, whether it's just age or I think it more, he does have the skill. I think it was just the direction he's always had, but here I, at least no doubt to me how great of a character we even could have had, which I think there's an interesting you know, question there too. And even the visual storytelling, which I'm sure we'll get into later was just incredible. Um, yeah. So I'll just leave it there. I mean, yeah. I, we're going to be raving this whole time. I know. It's going to be a lot of raving. So sorry if, you, if there are any haters on this episode. Uh, there's going to be a lot of positives. But I want to talk about one thing that had really nothing to do. Well, it didn't involve Ahsoka and Anakin, which is going to be the bulk of what we're talking about here. But uh, Huang, is that how you say his name? The robot? Is that, is yes. It Huang. Uh, voiced Thanks. by David Tennant, you know, brilliantly. He had one of my favorite lines of dialogue i think i've had in the entire show minus you know the ahsoka and anakin stuff um there's a scene where hera and her son they they pull up to Hawaii, he's standing by the edge of the cliff where ahsoka is missing and sabine's now gone and he just he's looking down at the cliff and they're like oh you know what are you doing here and he just goes they never listen they never listen and i'm like damn david Tennant, you just like sold that to such a degree uh isn't that really just like the story of the jedi when they go when they die yeah. or the, the whole story as a whole in star wars like that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about where you really add to that whole like the, the sadness of how the jedi have kind of ended up in the star wars universe and david Tennant again i think he needs more credit here he's got some of the best acting jobs well, that we haven't seen him once <laughs> exactly the craziest part about that is he's voicing a yeah. robot Right. And again, like you said, aside from this episode alone, specifically with Anakin and Ahsoka, he has shown the most heart, most emotion in this series so far than any other character. Yeah. And you just feel the sadness rating out of his voice. And again, I think it's just such a perfect like encapsulation of like the Jedi. I just, I had to point that out. I think he needs his, gotta give him his flowers a little bit there. Cause I thought that was a really like impressive delivery. Um, Adam, I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, we got a little bit more of the Hera, uh, Jason 
story stuff and i know this is a continuation from rebels how are you how are you doing with it because honestly i can kind of take it or leave it um her has not been uh, mary elizabeth winston hasn't been the greatest actress in this show and it kind of continues uh what do you think of the whole involving jason in this sub story because i feel like they're setting something else up with him i don't know if you're getting that vibe yeah i was getting that too i'm at the point where i kind of just wish that we got the whole episode just ahsoka and anakin because that's yeah. what it felt like it should have been. Because, I mean, we've seen sh- shows like that before where they just focus on these specific characters for, you know, even though there are a ton of other characters. Like, I mean, The Last of Us did it with um, uh, Bill, right. that whole episode. Like, they could have done something like that where it was just strictly just focused the entire time. Right. You know, or, you know, bookend it with you know, all the other characters at the, at the beginning and then all the other characters at the end. Like, that's kind of what I was hoping that we would have gotten. But right. at this point... I don't know. It's not as interesting to me as I thought it was going no. to be or should have been. And it feels like I feel like Dave Fioni's trying to set up maybe like another version of Rebels maybe to come in the future because I could see uh, Jason being like the next Ezra kind of character because, uh, you know, that, that it worked for Rebels. It worked in the animated. So I could see that being right. like a live action interpretation in the future. I um, kind of expected that we were going to get like, I don't know, at this point, I kind of wish that they split it and they just made a live action Rebels series and a live action Ahsoka. Yeah. Kind of. They really should have. Them. Yeah. I think they really should have. I, I feel like tying these two together maybe wasn't the greatest idea, but maybe there was no other way for him to kind of carry maybe. it on. And this was like his back door to kind of do that. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing too, they raise here, and this is something, see, this is where it gets interesting with star Wars. Uh, the whole concept of Jedi and the force has always been in order to understand or hear the force. One has to be force sensitive, which has been a big thing. And this is the first time in the series where they've kind of addressed that people who aren't force sensitive still have a loose connection to the force. Uh, Jason hears uh, Ahsoka fighting Anakin in the, I guess the other world or whatever it ends up being the force world, I guess that they were in. Um, I think it's called the the world between worlds or world something like that. Worlds? Yeah, I okay. believe so. All right, that, that sounds about right. But they're fighting in there, and he hears it. He can hear the lightsabers kind of clashing together, which is really cool. And it's a very nice audio uh, cue that they have in the show, where you can hear it kind of clashing with the waves a little bit if you really listen. And then he tells his mom, you know, mom, listen and pay attention to it. And she closes her eyes, and then she's able to hear it. Now, by all means, she shouldn't be able to hear that noise at all being someone who's not force sensitive. Uh, Adam, what do you think of that? Cause I feel like they're opening up the storytelling maybe for uh, some non force sensitive characters to have a connection to the force. I feel like, or maybe go in a different path. Cause that seems to be Sabine's story at this point too. I, I'm ready for that. Like that's just a whole nother, just more star Wars lore. That's just opening up a whole nother can of worms that could go any direction at that point there's so much variety with that i feel right and what do you think julie because again i know sabine's been an annoying character but her development here would maybe make more sense that she's unable to make a connection with the force but that doesn't mean she isn't able to benefit from some form of a relationship from the force which i I think that idea is kind of interesting it's something that could be you know explored more yeah if you think about it almost on like a spectrum level where some are more connected and more attuned than others um where some might just have a more surface level connection that they're able to tap into um and i would like that i think it would make more sense um for that to be something with sabine because that's something honestly if it fucking happens i'm sorry i shouldn't be dropping f-bombs it's going to piss me off if she suddenly just becomes we're not monetized 
I know. <laughs> if she like in the next episode or something just becomes like an master force user, I'm gonna just stop watching the show. No, I don't and I, I know what you mean. I don't think that's I don't think uh, that's the it's it's not a Ray right. uh Ray Skywalker so situation. I, I don't Yeah. <laughs> um so I kind of like to see the fact that like to see the comparison between Jace and Hera where he's like, What do you mean? You you can't hear that? You know, so it's showing that his connection to the force is much stronger than his mother's. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to think of it kind of as a spectrum where some are more mm-hmm. strongly connected than others. Yeah. And then again, that that's that's really kind of like the main, you know, what the other cast has been doing. But again, the meat and potatoes of this story is really the Ahsoka Anakin dynamic. And from the moment they start having their conversation, this thing is just off the chain visually and just thematically. There's people out there that'll be will do a lot better job describing and interpreting everything that happens, but I'll, I'll do my best. We'll, we'll do our best here to try and get through this because there's a lot. And I, I think this could even benefit from a couple of viewings. I think there's stuff you could still continue to get out of this, uh, especially with a lot of the visual cues and the, the story that's being told here. Um, the main thing I feel like is that Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship, what her being in the world between worlds was her having to get over the idea that she's been failing everyone and if you look at a lot of her failures within the Star Wars universe, she's always felt a lot of failure towards all the people she lost during the Clone Wars, uh, especially which is interesting, too, because if you watch Clone Wars, which they do a good job, I think, in this of actually kind of portraying that a little bit. She always felt bad when the clones would die. And I wouldn't say that was really something that any of the other Jedi cared for when I really look at it. I mean, maybe occasionally some of the more like uh, the bigger name ones like Rex, who lives and makes an appearance in here which is very cool uh you know like some of the more like oddball and all the different you know clone troopers that actually got names because some of them did get names in the clone wars series but whenever a trooper would die even though they're just clones ahsoka always took it personally like she lost those people like she was responsible for those people and even worse so if you look at her just her connection with the force losing anakin because to some extent she feels like she failed and lost anakin like she essentially killed Anakin to some extent and his failure uh, to be redeemed as a villain, you know, at the end. And I think this, this connection they have here and Anakin giving his last uh, form of training to her was really, really well executed. Uh, Adam, what did, what did you think of this thematically? Cause especially how they interjected a lot of the first times we're seeing any of the clone wars in live action. I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think this is some of the best Star Wars that we've gotten in a long time. Uh, visually, uh, audio-wise, you know, just seeing at that one scene where we uh, flash back, I guess, and Ahsoka is now her younger self, and we see Anakin just kind of and she, you know, walk off into the distance. He disappears in the smoke, and we get the, the flashes occasionally of when he yeah, oh, flashes as Darth chills. Vader. Like it's so good. It's yeah. so good. They yeah. did such a great job with it. Yeah, with the sounds of like the blaster fire going mm-hmm. off, and you see the flashes of Vader, and mm-hmm. you know he's still her master. But remember what he turned into. Remember, even though he's guiding you, remember what how he fell. Like I think right. it's just so. I audibly gasped when they did that first transition with it. Just cause obviously you know that that's what becomes of him, but just to see that stark contrast of mm-hmm. him. That is, you know, purist in a way, and then to the ultimate evil he becomes. And it's funny because, again, Hayden Christensen, I really got to give him his flowers here because he actually really gave us the most conflicted Anakin I think I'd ever seen, even really considering the prequels where we saw, like, this kind of young, cocky, arrogant, like, you know, but still, like, was able to try and guide Ahsoka the right way. 
And then when he turns into Vader, which I, I think this was one of the more interesting parts of the episode, is we got to see kind of what Anakin would have been like if he didn't fall into the lava. We actually really got to see like how he how evil he would have been corrupted, how he would have looked, and you know how forceful and powerful he would have been. Because you look at it, when he became Vader, yeah, he he lost a lot of his maneuverability and whatnot. I mean. The, you know, it depends on what you go by. But if we're going to go just by movie standards, okay? I'm not talking about extended universe and comics and crazy nonsense. Uh, for the most part, he's he's pretty stiff, right? He has to rely more on close combat. And he does actually, his force powers, I guess you could argue, do get more powerful. And he's able to do certain things. But if he was his spry, young body self and he was Vader, I think this, the war and the story would have been vastly different. And it's scary to see what he became because as he challenges Ahsoka to either live or die like you have two choices either keep going or or die i i just thought it was really intense um what do you think adam i mean again we're, we're just gushing about this but uh, i just thought it was so impressive no absolutely i i really i don't know <laughs> i wish it just makes me want more anakin ahsoka interactions yeah and i don't i i unfortunately i don't know if we're gonna get many more since this took up the bulk of the episode right but it just makes me want more yeah, and it's just again the visual storytelling. Um, it's just I, I think Dave Fioni really knew what the Star Wars fans wanted, and he finally delivered upon that promise. Like I've been building this kind of epic story between Ahsoka and Anakin, and this is kind of that culmination. Because uh, by the end, uh, Julie, we do see Ahsoka don the white robes, uh, which you probably wouldn't be familiar with because uh, that was more of a Rebels thing where she became kind of. I, I joke with it, but it is pretty similar. I hate to say it. It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings with Gandalf, where he becomes Gandalf the White. Uh, essentially, she's becoming Ahsoka the White now. She's purified from her sins of, you know, understanding, you know, the loss and the failures that she's had, and she's come to terms with everything. Now she's ready to start anew and and protect. Uh, what did you think of that that ending there? Because I thought that was pretty powerful. It's it's not as uh, in your face as I thought it would be, but I'm glad they course corrected it. She definitely seemed, um, I know you and I said it, lighter after yeah. her conclusion with Anakin. Um, she was kind of um, able to be a little more quippy, you know, like Hera was like, oh, this is happening. She's like, it's all right. You know, we're just going to do this very calm um, and at peace. Um, so it definitely, you know, she was smiling more. Right. <laughs> so yeah. um, it definitely seems like, you know, a renewed Ahsoka. Um, so I'm curious to see her as she progresses and i'm guessing now you know trying to save sabine from the dark side yeah what did you think of that adam because i do also feel rosario dawson's performance finally felt like the real ahsoka i used to know so maybe it was by design her whole kind of wooden personality to this point yeah i was like holy crap was anakin holding back the acting here yeah, yeah are we just <laughs> is episode six about to just like become so much better right i don't know I, but I, yeah i agree I, that's, I immediately saw it too i was like this is like this is now ahsoka this is what i was waiting for and it's funny because now i retroly can go back i feel like if this continues keep in mind we, we don't know how the next episode's going to shake out but if it continues where she's more like this kind of new renewed ahsoka it does justify her acting for the beginning of the series feeling so disconnected and wooden with her interactions with everyone around her uh you can even argue with her connection to the force which is kind of what's been holding her back uh, a lot of ahsoka's character and hence why she dons the white lightsabers is her rejection of the jedi order and the rejection of what they've stood for and what they've done and finding her own connection to the force which again i, I want to just stress this uh even her 
Anakin kind of hints at when they're kind of talking is about how there's everyone has a different relationship with the Force and everyone has different connections with the Force and I think that's going to play a big part with this and maybe Sabine will will or won't be Force sensitive but I think she will learn something from the Jedi Order. There's other lessons you can learn from the Jedi and from the Force that don't necessarily mean swinging a lightsaber and pushing people with Force powers and throwing them in the air and jumping like 100 feet. You know, there, there, there's things you can learn and I'm curious to see how they're going to evolve that concept if they're going to evolve that concept because... Uh, by the end, you know, I mean, after that, all that happens, uh, we still have a little bit of the episode left after that happens, and it was fine. I mean, the space whales thing was never really that intriguing to me. I mean, again, when you're watching this, and I'm sitting there, and I kind of understand that I'm looking at Julie, and she's like, what the hell? Why are there, like, whales here? Like, why are they, like, just touching a whale, and they're going to, like, jump in it? What? Like, what does that have to do? They're going to hyper jump? Like, again, if you have no concept of rebels, you have no idea what's happening right here. It's just a bunch of random whales flying around. Uh how about you, Julie? Did that disconnect you at the end a little bit? Because I could see it in your face a little bit when we were watching it. <laughs> Not even that. It, I mean, yeah, the whales, it's whatever. But then we're just back to, aside from Ahsoka, the status quo that has been this series of the other, I guess, whoever is in charge of Hera, like, we're coming because we're mad at you now for yeah, going out here. Yeah. And then Hera, like, watch out, guys something's coming on your left and all the whales are like this is so stupid after like the high of anakin and ahsoka and we're just like this stupid shit and i'm I'm sorry i have to add this in uh captain carson the played by paul sun huang lee uh, that that guy he's been in in every single star wars project up until this point i'm I don't know why he's so important adam do you do you get that because uh he's like in every project and he shows up and i'm just I don't he's know. Like the good, he must be really best friends with Dave Fioni or something. Like he must have something going on to be in every. He's like the connective tissue to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh wait, it's him again. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It, yeah, exactly. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't really do. I, maybe he'll come up again. Who knows? But well, as of right now, well, for you man. specifically, Adam, you know, as we're on the subject, he's he, he's important to you because he's going to be in the Avatar live action series. You're right. You're right. Let's. Uh, uh, it's playing a very important character, so that yes, should be he interesting. Is. And uh, yes, I think he, he could is. do it. I don't think he's a bad actor or anything like that. I just think it's funny that he like shows up and he's always like this really important character to. Oh, I gotta try and hold them off and stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> he's like the least. Yeah, like he just he's, he's like just... he's the rebel. Like, and there's like a bunch of rebels, <laughs> and it's like him, and like they're all gonna die, but you'll be okay because I know you're so important to the series, apparently. Yeah, that's he's the crutch of the series. He's he like, is. he's got to hold it up. He's like the bard telling the story of the Star Wars exactly. universe. You know, we, we exactly. need him. We need him to hang around. But uh, yeah, I just think that's funny that he shows up. And but overall, I, I got to tell you guys, I think we're ready to put a big number on this. So let's just get to right to our scores. I'm gonna give Ahsoka Episode Five Shadow Warrior a nine point seven out of ten. Who Yang? I told them to stay together. But they never listen. They never listen. This is great, guys. This was really fantastic. I I knocked some points off because I do think some of the Hera stuff and uh, our our captain over there showing up and trying to, to cause a diversion was a little hokey. And again, I, I got to knock it still just because of some of the 
the Rebels connections that really just don't make sense to the average viewer that need a little more explanation. Uh, there were points in there where you could maybe explain what that space whale thing is, or, you know, there's a, there's a little more you could be doing with that. That's all I'm saying. But if I, I'd be a jerk if I didn't acknowledge that Ahsoka and Anakin steal the whole show. This, this was their episode. It was fantastic. It delivered visually, thematically, choreography, everything you name it was nailed in this episode. And I think it was a really good episode of Ahsoka. Uh, it probably, it could potentially be the best episode of Ahsoka, even if, you know, whatever happens forward, of course, is yet to happen. But, uh, for right now, I, I think this was my favorite episode. And if this is the best episode, I'm fine with it. This could have been the series finale, and I think I would have been fine, to be honest with you. It, it was that good, and I, I really enjoyed it. So good kudos for them. You got me continuing to watch. I just I hope it can continue up this hype, because uh, that's where I kind of leave some of my doubt. But we'll see what happens. Adam, how about you? What do you think of this one? I'm going to give episode five of Ahsoka Shadow Warrior a 9.3. <laughs> I think the redeeming factor that it can actually make people continue watching a show is just amazing on its own. Um, but my fear is, though, that this is the peak that we're going to get. Yeah. But I guess we'll wait and see. Right. But I thought it was a great episode. Like I said, it's some of the best Star Wars stuff we've gotten in a long time. Right. And it's even interesting. This was actually uh, Disney put this in theaters briefly. I know. I don't know if anyone right. saw it in theaters. We didn't, That's obviously, right. but uh, they, they it was in theaters briefly. So they had a lot of confidence in this episode. And I, I kind of understand why, because uh, it could just be its own spinoff and it would have just been just as interesting, I think, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I'm just really worried about the momentum going forward. But hey, we'll see what happens. Julie, how about you? What do you think of this one? I'm going to be giving uh, Ahsoka episode five, Shadow Warrior, a 9.5 out of 10. Listen, I'm teaching you how to lead, how to survive. And to do that, you're going to have to fight. What if I want to stop fighting? Then you'll die. This has redeemed so much of the series for me. It has redeemed Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker for me, almost in a bittersweet way to see what we could have had in the original uh, prequels. Um, the uh, Everything that didn't have to do with Anakin and Ahsoka, you know, brought the episode down a little bit. Um, I'm hoping that it can continue to carry the momentum and that it's not just, you know, a standalone phenomenal episode. Um, that's my fear um, because, again, they're able to make me feel connected to Clone Wars, which I've never seen, but I have yet to feel connected to uh, Rebels. So it's just, I don't know. I hope that they can stick the landing with the rest of the show. And even the fact that it took five episodes, right? This is episode five. Yeah. Five episodes to get to this point is a little unsettling because you're, again, like Adam had said, like, to make people want to continue watching or make people want to start watching, but you still have to get through four episodes to get to this, you know, it's not the best for a show as a whole. So, you know, right. 9.5 episode, phenomenal work where it counts. Um, I just hope that they can continue to produce this quality. Yeah. It's scary. Cause you really don't know what's going to happen with the rest of this show. Um, I know yeah. my best friend's coming back next episode. She's got us. Yeah, so she it's has to be. be. 
five. No, it might not even be close to that. This might be the highest rated episode we give it. But uh, I think, you know, for what it is, even if you just go back, uh, you know, for fans of Clone Wars and of, you know, Rebels, if they go back and just watch this in a in a bubble kind of this, this episode, I think there's a lot there just to be enjoyed. And people should watch it. It's, it's phenomenal. Again, I think it's some of the best visuals we've had in Star Wars with what they were able to do. And remember, it is a, uh, a television show budget. This isn't a movie budget. So, yeah, sure, some of it seems a little hokey with some of the smoke and, you know, try to some of the theatrics they try to play but it's phenomenal work and it works within the context of the story that they're telling with you know the the dream within a dream within the world between worlds like it's very interesting and really well done and uh it was phenomenal and i just really hope we get more of this kind of star wars storytelling uh how dave filoni if he'll be directing any future episodes i'm not too sure uh but i'm curious to see what his ultimate goal is for the end of the series whether it's a new rebels or you know, Ahsoka, you know, whatever he's going to do, because there is some time for him to play with between this and then the sequel series. So which is still canon and looks like Chargers like to change that, which was one of the rumors going around. But hey, we'll see what happens. But let us know in your comments below. What did you think of this episode? What did we miss? What didn't we talk about? There's a lot to talk about with this episode, guys. Uh, the symbolisms, the, the Vader visuals and Ahsoka's relationships. A lot of the shots were from Clone Wars or kind of reenacted here. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are we giving it too much praise? Is it still not a great show? Uh, I just want to know what you guys think, but uh, let us know what you thought in the comments below. But uh, thank you guys all so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin, that's Adam and Julie. We are your real movie guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.